Anyhow, chapter 4, verse 18 and 19. Let's stand together for the reading of the Word of God. Chapter 4, verse 18 and 19. I said the other day, Billy Sunday, the old evangelist, when he got up to preach, he had always read this passage before he ever preached. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, circle the word me, because he hath anointed me, circle the word me, to preach the gospel to the poor, he has sent me, circle the word me, to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captive, and recovering of sign to the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Read it together with me, please, tonight, verse nineteen. To preach. Now, Father, speak to our hearts tonight. Help us to glean the truth that we can take to the house, think about, meditate about, and apply it to our lives. Give me clarity. Help me to speak distinctly. Sometimes, Lord, I know it don't come out exactly right. So I'll leave that up with you, to you, and to guide my lips, and to guide my throat, and help me with the esophagus problem, that I'll be able to say something distinctly and clearly. God forbid that I'd waste time just trying to speak. May it be valuable time. May it be precious time. And when the Word of God is read, there's something about that. This is precious book divine. We're in love with all of our hearts. And Father, this is a great book to read regularly. It is the book of eternity. It's not the book of the month. It's the book of eternity. And every word is precious. And it will stand forever. Not one jot or one tittle will ever pass away. But the word of God shall abide forever. And you have magnified the word above your name. That's a powerful statement. Thank you for the word of God tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. And for his sake. Amen. Let me see I told you when we started the Bible study a couple weeks ago, if you'll write across this passage, appointed and anointed. He was appointed to a particular task, a particular duty to please his heavenly father, talking about Jesus. But he also had the anointing of God upon his life, as we know in the story of John the Baptist baptizing him and how the dove came down on his shoulder and God the Father said, This is my beloved son whom I'm well pleased. And the anointing of the power of God came upon the Lord. We'll see it again in just a moment. And he went to the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, was tempted of the devil. But he had the power of God in his life. The way he overcome the devil was through the power of God. Now he says, the Spirit of God is upon me, as he was teaching in the synagogue. And they always gave the privilege to somebody who was a rabbi to say something and to read something from the, from the Bible, from the Old Testament. And Jesus, of course, Jesus, of course, did. And he said, as he closed the book in verse 20, and he gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all them who were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. And they eventually got wrathful. They got upset at him. They wanted to kill him. They wanted to get rid of him. And that was the tenor of his life for the next three years until he went to Calvary willingly. Nobody made him. Nobody forced him to. He went voluntarily. Somebody said the Roman soldiers killed him. No, God killed him. God the Father let him be dead, let him be killed. It wasn't the Roman soldiers, it wasn't the Jewish Pharisees and Sadducees. They may be instruments in God's hand, but at the appointed time, at the appointed time, the anointing of God was always on his life at the appointed time. And when he came to Calvary, there's not a man that's ever lived that could have probably endured what Jesus Christ endured. And you know it wasn't the five wounds that was inflicted on his body that killed him. 
He had every wound that you could ever suffer, incision, contusion, uh, bruise, and all the things, different kind of bruises, different kind of um, instrument, different kind of wounds that affect our body. He went through all five of those. But it wasn't the physical that killed him. As a matter of fact, he had the sins of the whole world on his shoulders and in his heart. And when he died, he died of a broken heart. He died. His heart would literally burst because of the fact that he was dying for the sins of the whole world. And I think what killed him, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And then Jesus bowed his head after he cried his finished, gave up the ghost, and it's over as far as this life is concerned. He paid the debt that we couldn't pay. The debt I owed, he paid. He didn't owe the debt, I did. And he paid a debt I couldn't pay, and I'm thankful for that. And it was Jesus died of that broken heart, broken body was just part of it, but he suffered like no other man physically. I believe more than any man's ever suffered. Spiritually, he suffered more than any man's ever suffered because he dipped his soul in hell for us. When, when he was forsaken of God, and this is not my Bible study tonight, but I just feel like saying it, it sounded good, I love it. When he died on the cross, he satisfied God the Father. and he, God the Father was pleased that his son was going to become a sacrifice, a sacrifice, a lamb sacrifice for the sins of the whole world, including yours, Amen. including mine, yes. and all of God's people said, Amen. aren't you glad Jesus died in your stead, took your place? We who were filthy and ugly and dirty and abominable, not worthy of anything, God took my sins in his own body and nailed them to the cross of Calvary. It was settled there to cross, settled once and for all, that when he cried, it's finished, the payment's been paid, and never again before would be a lamb slain for the salvation of man. Only one, capital A, O Lamb. And all the other little lambs that died foretold the day when the great Lamb of God would die on the cross of Calvary for our sins. And thank God for that. But anyhow, this passage was precious as it was read by the Lord Jesus to the people there in the synagogue. And there's a pattern for us. And there's several things that need to be noticed by the emphasis on the three me's. It's the program for our services here. There's five things that he told us to go do in this passage. But there's three things. He gave a pattern, and I've already talked about two of them. I'll just pass the third one over right quickly. Our pattern for service. What was those three pronouns again? What's one I told you the circle? Me. 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 Well, let's get it on the same page. Everybody read it? Me. 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 Now, he's leaving a pattern for us because he told us to be anointed by the Holy Spirit and to be filled with the Holy Ghost of God. He appointed us for service after we're saved to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And so Jesus was like us we were to be like him and what he was. What was he? Three times. It says me, me, me. But in those three times he said me, we were to be like him what he was. And I said already, he was the son of God. He was what? Son of God. Romans 1, 4. He was declared to be the son of God. And we, he also was the holy son of God. He was what? Hebrews seven twenty six Declared to be the holy son of God. And then we are to become sons of God. But as many as received him, to them gave he power, authority, to become the sons of God. I am a son of God. I am not the son of God, but thank God I am in the family. And if you're in the family, we went through what you got because you was in the family. And I'll not go through that again tonight. But there's certain benefits of being in the family. And one of those is the protection and the provision of God. uh, The chastisement of God that comes to to our heart sometimes. 
The Lord loves us and wants us to be a part of the program, but we follow his pattern for service. Number two, we're not going to be liking what he was. What was he again? What kind of son of God? Holy son of God. Completely righteous, without sin. Never sinned one time. Never committed anything that was called iniquity. He never sinned one time in all his lifetime that he lived on this earth. You said that's impossible. Well, take it up with God. He was able to do that and praise God for it. Number two, we are to be like him in what he did. So you to be like him what he was, the Holy Son of God. So the goal I hear for my life is to be like Jesus. I have been adopted in the family of God. I've been predestined from the foundation of the world to become conformed to the image of God's dear Son. Now, I've got a long way to go. Now, some of you may have arrived already. I've got a long way to go to be just like Jesus. That's my goal in life, and that's the goal God said for us. Romans chapter 8, verse 29, I think it was 39. We've been predestined to become conformed to the image of God's dear Son. We're supposed to be little Jesuses. I say that respectively. He's not here. He's there intercessing for us. He told us to go into all the world and preach the gospel by life and by lip. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify the Father which is in heaven. So I have a responsibility, I got an appointment. He's given me an appointment in my life. And with that appointment goes, I need the anointing of God. How many times I've been in the flesh trying to do something? I can testify several times in the last several months of saying, Lord, I can't handle this and give it to him. It's amazing. It's amazing when he let him work in our lives and anoint us with the Holy Spirit that has freedom in it. There's freedom in it to be able to say, God, whatever God allows to come, he has a divine purpose for it. I may not altogether like it, but it's not easy to say, Lord, you're in charge. Whatever you want me to do, whatever you want me to say, just help me. I need your help. I'm, he's as close as breath is to my body. And if you don't believe that, he's on the inside of me. And you say, well, I can't explain that either. I can't explain it either. But inside of my human body is the great God of heaven and the power of the Holy Spirit who dwells in this tabernacle of flesh. And this body is not my own. It's been bought with a price. And that price is the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And because of that, this is a temple that belongs to him. And I need to take better care of it. I need to glorify Him with every facet of my body, and so do you. So I have an appointment with the God's given me, but I need to be anointed for service. So I'm to be like Him what He was. Then I need to be like Him what He did. What did He do? What did He do? Well, He did a lot of things. Mainly, He died for us, but I want to get before that. Here's what Acts 10.38 says. If you want to turn there, you can, or you can just listen to reading the Scriptures. Acts 10.38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. He said He was the Spirit of the Lord upon Him. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost. Don't be scared of terminology when it says the Holy Ghost. That's not Pentecostal language. That's Bible language. Amen. He was anointed with the Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with what? Power. Power. Authority was given to him who went about doing what? Good. And healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. So what did he do? He went about doing good. What did he do? He just went about doing good. Everywhere he went, you know what he was? He took that servant attitude. Mark 10 45. The Bible says, For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. God wants all of us to be servants to others. Others, Lord, let me live for others. Let me live like thee. Even when I kneel to pray, help my prayer to be for others. Help me live like thee. If there's anybody who's our pattern, 
anybody that we can follow after in his steps that was a complete servant. It was the Lord Jesus Christ. He come not to be served, but to serve. And you find him doing that over and over again to humanity that he crossed their path. You see the demonstration when he washed the disciples' feet, including Judas at the Last Supper. He was a servant to those disciples. Every disciple there should be grabbing some water and a towel to wash his feet. But it was Jesus who washed his disciples' feet. And the Bible says that he loved them until the end. That's amazing. At the end of his life, physically, he loved them. And he loved them for eternity. But especially for the mission that he was sent to by God appointed to come in this world as a baby, live 33 years of sinless life, go to Calvary and die on the old rugged cross. And thank God for that. So, he is our pattern in what he was. He was a holy son of God. What he did, he went about doing good. He had a servant's attitude. So, I mean, all the applications made to us, if he did that, I'm supposed to be like Jesus, I'm supposed to have a servant's attitude all the time. You'd be amazed how God blesses servants. I'm not everything I ought to be, but you'll be amazed if you take an attitude of others and get out of your selfishness. Get out of your own little world. It's about me and me and my four. No, it's about God and His glory. And let, let God shine through your life and serve people. It's not always easy to do, and I'm grateful that God allows us to cross paths with folks that we can be a blessing to in life. All of us have done it, no doubt. All of us probably ought to do it more. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. You want to have mercy from God? He says they be merciful. You want to be honored by God? Then honor God. You honor God, He says, I honor you. And the, the, it's, you can't outgive God. And you may have a pretty big shovel that you're shoveling, but His shovel is always bigger than yours. You can't outgive God. And the more you give of yourself and of your means and, and whatever God leads you to do, you'll be surprised how it may come back to you. It's like bread cast upon the water. It may go out for a while, but it's coming back. And in Ecclesiastes scriptures, and cast upon the water, it comes back in a blessing of unusual magnitude if we allow the Lord to run the program. So he was one who was willing to volunteer to what it took to be a servant. He was willingly and did it graciously and did it humbly. The biggest problem most of us have in this room, including this preacher, is pride. If you take the word pride and you go right to the middle of it, there's an I in there. And if you go back to the left a little while, you got ride. It'll take you for a ride. Pride will take you for a ride. I, 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 I. It's all about me. It's all about me. It's all about mine. No, we're here for the glory of God. Revelation 4.11. We are born for the glory of God. And you say, well, that's what's that mean. Whatever God wants in our life, He wants a glory out of it. And sometimes He has to squeeze us. Sometimes he has to put the pressure on us. Sometimes we have to, it's like Dr. Wilkerson was preaching last night at Westport talking about his prayer life. He said, sometimes I get down to pray, I have good intentions. I want to be a prayer warrior. And he says, I get down and pray about five minutes and I said, all I need to say. Sometimes, not always. And he said, there's always things coming to my mind. You got to do this, you got to do that. I got to get this done. He says, who sends that? Who sends things to your mind while you're praying that you got to go to the grocery store? The devil, he wants you to stay out of grocery stores. You spend money there. No, he wants you to go at the proper time, not prayer time. But you can pray while you're going to the store. But when you've got time with God you're spending, you want to spend it with quality time of talking to the Lord. It sort of works out a lot better if you seek Him first in the kingdom of God. All these things shall be added unto you 
and he lists the things like provisions of life, clothes and food and so forth. And if God takes care of the bird, don't you think he take care of us? Don't you think God's mindful of us? If he sees the, he sees the lily grow, he says, how much more precious are you than the lilies of the field that grow and have their luster and have their beauty? And after a while they die like grass dries. But he says, God's more conscious about us than he is about a bird far from heaven. I never could get over the fact, and I heard it when I was a kid, and as a teenager, when I began to preach, I've said it, I want to say a thousand times, maybe more than that, that God is mindful of the little sparrow that falls from heaven. He's mindful of me. If he's mindful of the little sparrow that falls from heaven and falls on the ground, God takes note of that. That's what the Bible says. And there's a lot of sparrows around. Well, how does he get to it? I'll tell you how he does it. He's God. And God can do anything he wants to do, whenever he wants to do it, however he wants to do it. And God can see everything at the same time. As a matter of fact, when we was in Bible college, they taught us in theology uh, that's called the eternal now. You see, God looks this way. Here's God looking down. He sees Adam in the garden. He sees that at one time, like a panoramic view. He sees the present of where we're at today. He sees all the future that's coming. He sees it with one glimpse. He's already been there. He is the eternal God. So he's already been there. He's already been there. And here we are in eternity called time. In between that, for us humans who don't understand eternity, he gives us time. Because I can't grasp eternity. And I jotted down my notes the other day. Uh, the definition of being a Christian is being able to let God do something in my heart that I can't explain to take me to a place I've never been. That takes faith. To believe in a God I've never seen, to do in my heart what I can't explain, to take me to a place I've never been. And God's doing that in our lives. And when you get to the end of the journey, we're going to be able to enjoy heaven forever and forever. Heaven getting sweeter every day. One day we're going to be emptied in this life from time into the eternal ages of God forever and 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 forever. Well, how long is forever? It's forever. How long is it going to be? It's going to be forever. Thank God, thank God, thank God. We will enjoy God and what He's prepared for. In my Father's house are many mansions. Every time I say that verse, I think of Brother Alan Morrison, who's, you know, unless God intervenes, he may not be with us long, but he's stuck around quite a while. Stubborn he is. If he gets this tape, I'm telling you, he's, he's a good man. But how many times he's come to my door on a Sunday, and always come early uh, before the choir got here. He always come in. Sometimes he, he's going, I just want to tell you, preacher, in my father's house are many mansions. If we're not so, I would have told you. I go prepare a place for you. If I go again, prepare a place, I'll come again and receive you unto myself. Where am I? Then he'll say, well, glory to God. And then he'll shout a little while. Then he come in, and for the next few minutes, I've heard his testimony hundreds of times. And he's told me over and over again how he got saved. And then he'd stop in the middle of that sometimes and say, boy, it's good to be a Christian. If you've been to visit him any time or talk to him on the phone, you go to visit him and he does this. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. That's a good way to die, isn't it? I hope I can be somewhat like that. He can be an example to all of us. We all don't die the same way. We all don't go through the same experiences. But the fact is, he quoted scriptures. He enjoys the blessings of the Lord. And I'd like to be somewhat like that in my life. I'd like to be able to enjoy God now. And heaven's just going to be icing on the cake. I like cake. I like icing on the cake. P.J. Parker called me the other day and he said, Preacher, my wife is preparing a, a pie for me for lunch. Well, I said, why tell me? He says, well, it's butterscotch. I said, well, what's that got to do with anything? 
He said, well, she got it out of a recipe book in the old church. One of your ladies cooked this pie. Well, I said, what lady was it? And when she looked at it, he looked in the book. He said, it's your mother. <laughs> I gave a recipe in a recipe book years ago. And my wife always fixed it. My mother always fixed the special pie for every kid at Thanksgiving. My favorite was butterscotch. I think Rogers was lemon. He's been sour ever since. <laughs> and... Uh, and one of them was custard. All the, all the pies at Thanksgiving table, there was one for each each child. Now, don't you think we didn't get over in the lemon a little bit and then the other pie, but we had our own pie. And I think he said, I'm going to enjoy your mother's pie today. I said, well, thanks a lot, friend. And make two and send one by email or something. But the fact is, we're going to enjoy all of God's blessings and treats forever and forever. I don't know what heaven's going to be like. I don't think we're just going to sit there and do nothing. But I think it's going to be an enjoyable trip, an enjoyable time. When you can enjoy God here, every once in a while God does something, you say, that's good. Boy, it's good to be saved. You can imagine that multiplied 10,000 times 10,000 in the glory world that God's got blessings that we have no idea that now we could not grasp it. The eyes could not completely see it of what He's doing for us getting ready. I go to prepare a place for you. He'd been working on it for 2,000 years. It's got to be a nice one. Amen. I mean, it don't take 2,000 years to build a house. But he's got a multitude of mansions over top of mansions. And whatever that means and whatever that entails, and if we're all going to have our own little cabin, I don't know. They used to sing a song, and we'll build me a cabin over in the corner of Glory Land. Dr. B.R. Leggett said, don't tell me that. I've lived in a cabin all my life. I want to mention when you get to heaven. But the fact is, Jesus has made a way in what he did. He went down doing good to be a blessing. And the more you are a blessing, the more you'll be blessed. I'm just trying to leave it with you. I need that. I need to be reminded of that. The more that you be a blessing to people, the more God will bless you. When you draw into your little world of selfishness, God withholds the blessing from you. That's why he says, seek me first. When you see the word first in the Bible, he meant what he said and said what he meant. And when we put him first and he comes first in our life, in every endeavor, the very best. But the more we do it, the more he honors us. And some way you say, well, that make you like a prosperity preacher. No, it's not talking about prosperity preacher. It's not talking about our preacher preaching somewhere this week about it. You got you prosperity preachers. You got 14 cars in your garage. And, you know, you got all the money you want. So you never have debt. You never have any more debt. You become multi-millionaires if you're prosperous for the God. You may be a pauper through this life. Riches are deceiving. What is rich to one is poor to the other, and what's poor to another may be rich to somebody else. How rich you got to be to be rich, how poor you got to be to be poor. But God has riches untold. The whole book of Ephesians is about the riches of Christ, and we're sitting together in the heavenlies. So I'm supposed to be what he was, and he was a servant. Uh, he, was a son, he was a holy son of God, and that was his position, and he went about doing good. And then thirdly, I'll be through. I did not get to where I was going tonight. You say, you repeated yourself, thank God for repetition. <laughs> tell me, tell me the story over and over again. Just tell me again. Just sing it again. Sing it over and over, the Bible said. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Thirdly, we are to be like him in what he said. I am to be like him in what he was. He was the Holy Son of God. I am to be like him in what he did. He went about doing good. That's his pattern for us. First Peter says, walk in his footsteps. We are to be like him. What did he, what he say? What did he say? I'll give you just a few verses and then we'll be through. He spoke what was given to him by his father. The Bible says in John 8, 28, 
Then said Jesus unto them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, you shall know that I am He, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father hath taught me, I speak those things. I speak the words of the Father. Somebody said, show me the Father. He says, look at me and you'll see the Father. I, look at me and I'll show you the Father. And when you see Jesus and listen to Him speak, it is the Father talking to us through human, human lips, lips. Even though He was God-man, He was still human in the flesh. No, in John 14, 14, 10, the Bible says, Believe, Believest thou, I'll get it out in a minute, Believest thou not that I am the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. So I'm speaking the words of my Father. What's that God do with you and me? We need to speak the words of the Father. Turn to Ephesians chapter 4. And let's read a few verses of Scripture. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. And we go there often in preaching and teaching. It's one of the classic passages in the Bible that we go to Ephesians. Well, I'm supposed to be like him in what he said. Never was there a vulgar word that came to the lips of Jesus Christ. Never was there a cuss word that came from the lips of Jesus Christ. Never was there a by word that came from the lips of Jesus Christ. Nothing they ever said was not it was always right. Now I realize that we live in human bodies, but he did too. I realize he was God and I'm not. But at the same time, I'm supposed to use him as a pattern for my life. Ephesians 4.29 Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Got it? Read it to me. Read it, please. Let no... Now, whatever that may entail, corrupt, dirty, vile. Have you heard the latest dirty joke? <laughs> you waiting on me to tell it? <laughs> Always be careful what the little tongue has to say. Somebody says, you want to hear this joke? My next question, is it clean? Well, it's a little off shady. That's a little shady. Then my next reply should be, I don't want to hear it. Amen. You say, but preacher, it's just a little dirty joke. Everybody does it. God didn't. Jesus set the pattern. He spoke the words of the Father. Then he tells us to be like him and what he said. If I had to be like him what he said and be anointed, be appointed for service, be anointed, somebody could be turned off of Christ because of my mouth. And that may include gossiping. It may include a lot of things. But when you get down to the nitty-gritty of life, living a Christian life, it's pretty tough. Pretty tough. But that's why you need Jesus to help you. That's why I need the Holy Ghost to help me, to help sanctify my mouth. Out of the heart, the mouth proceeds the truth. Out of your heart, it comes out of the lips. And the mouth will reveal the heart. Your character will come out of your mouth. What you are is what you are. You can fool some of the people some of the time, but you can't fool God any time. And you can't fool a lot of people all the time. What you are will come out in your mouth. So if you're used to telling, I, I told the staff the other day, back years ago in the, in the daycare, we used to have a little jar. I don't think we have it now. It's, 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 uh, what's the director's name? Judy. We don't have a little jar back there for bywords, do we? But we had staff. The staff had a lot of bywords. You know, I told him my, my worst byword, and I told it, I said it. I hadn't said it in years. But I said it, said it in the staff meeting the other day. Now, mine was dag-blasted. Isn't it awful? You say, preacher, that's not too bad. You ought to hear mine. I don't want to hear yours. <laughs> but I got to thinking one day, I just can't imagine the Lord Jesus saying dag blasted. Now, I may say, well, instead of using a curse word, why don't you say something of the blessing? Instead of using, you know, say, go to, go to purgatory or tell somebody to go to hell, why don't you go to heaven? 
and a teacher. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you say words and build them up, edify to build them up instead of cussing? And so I've never had a real problem with cussing on my, most of my life. My dad took care of that when I was a kid. But it's still, uh, you know, somebody says, I, I wouldn't say it, but if you, if you wrote it down, I'd sign it. Well, we may feel the same way sometimes. But all of us ought to work on our, on our mouth. Be careful. You don't say use words that's unbecoming and almost curse words. We substitute sometimes God's name in vain for a byword if we're not careful. So just be careful of the lips what you say. Let me read this verse and I'm through. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, all God's people said, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Well, whereby he were sealed in the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, let all what? And wrath, and what? And anger, and clamor, and evil speaking, be put away with you with all malice. Well, we ought to get on the altar pretty quick. At least we ought to get along with God and do some confessing. And be ye kind one to another. Be ye what? Don't you just enjoy being hateful to people? Don't you enjoy telling people off? Don't just satisfy your way down deep. It may for a fleeting moment, but after that moment's passed, am I an idiot in any other direction? Be kind one to another is a verse we teach kids all the time. We can start, start as teaching for all adults and go back to our childhood. And Jesus said, come humble like a little child. And sometimes we'd be reminded, oh, be careful, little mouth, what you say. For the Father up above is looking down in love. So be careful, little tongue, what you say. Oh, be careful, little feet, where you go. Just, just don't join in or anywhere you sing. Go ahead, sing. Just make it up anywhere you want to go. That's good. Speaking in tongues. Or let's go with hands. You know what you do. Scriptures is profound, aren't they not? But they're so simple that a child can understand them. The depths of the Word of God goes beyond our comprehension, but what we can comprehend, we need to obey. May God help us tonight. If you need to come to the altar for any reason, for salvation, dedication, or just consecrating your life, or you want to come about something else, we're going to have an invitation. You're invited to come and pray, always around the altar if you want to come, or sit there at the pew and pray is fine. But always talk to the Father about what's on your heart. Father, take the brokenness of these human words, weave them together with the divine word of God, 
may it become a beautiful picture of the love of God as we look at the Holy Scriptures. The great definition of God, if we could define God, and I know we can't, but if we could define Him, we'd say God is love. There's nothing more, nothing less that can be said. It goes beyond the high star, reaches to the lowest hell. I'm grateful for the love of God. It passes my understanding. But I'm glad you're more than just love. All the holy things in the Bible, the, the holiness of God. You're holy, you're righteous, you're just, you're forgiving, you're loving, you're kind. All the things we say we ought to be, you are. So if you are, we can become. Ghost have been predestined to become. Help us tonight, I pray. Help folks to come that need to come to the altar. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name.